Hello and welcome along to episode 85 of the All Things Leeds podcast. We are back, back with the first episode of 2021. Uh, we can only apologise for that, really. Uh, hopefully uh, you all doing fantastically well and the new year is treating you all very well indeed. Uh, I am, of course, Ed McIntyre and uh, joining me, as always, is Charles Foster. Charles, hello, mate. Hi, mate. How are you doing? I'm uh, very well. How are you, mate? I'm doing fine, mate. I'm just enjoying it. <laughs> enjoying my weekend, hopefully. Hopefully Leeds don't ruin it tomorrow. Yeah, hopefully Leeds United don't ruin the weekend. They haven't ruined too many weekends recently. We've, we've picked up some decent results, and uh, we, of course, uh, have a decent result to talk about in this episode. We'll, of course, be reflecting on that 2-0 win over Crystal Palace at Ellen Road. Uh, we'll catch up with the U23s, see how they've been getting on recently as well. Uh, we've got plenty of news and transfer news to catch up on as well before we look ahead to Leeds United's next game, which sees them take on Arsenal away at the Emirates Stadium this Sunday. Loads coming up here on the All Things Leeds podcast. Well, as always, let's start by looking back at Leeds United's previous game, which, of course, was that 2-0 win over Crystal Palace at Ellen Road. Uh, Charles, if you could sum this game up in, in one word, what would it be? Comfortable. It was very, very comfortable. I never felt in any danger whatsoever. It was just a, it was a good professional performance from us playing a very very average team. <laughs> it was one of the least stressful games I watched this season. Probably the least stressful one since the uh, since you smashed West Brom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for me, the the word I'd use would be easy. I mean, it was just so easy, really, as easy as it gets in the Premier League. You know, I I just can't believe how bad Crystal Palace were because I mean, you look through the Crystal Palace team, they got the likes of. Batshuayi, Benteke, Eberichi Eze, Andros Townsend. You know, they're not a bad team. They're a well-established Premier League team. But I just could not believe how poor they were on Monday night, really. They were as bad as West Brom and, you know, the likes of West Brom and Newcastle were against us, really. The problem with Palace is they've got a few good players, like Zaha and Eze and the like, but they've also got a lot of ageing average players, like Gary Cahills, and who's, who's all just old. Scott Dan is old. You've got Nathaniel Klein, old. Andros Townsend is probably getting on a bit now. There's a lot of, you know, kind of aging players in that team. And they are just not good enough to uh, to kind of push beyond lower mid-table, I think. A few of our players are aging. We've got a lot, I think we've got a lot more talent in our team. So, so we just we just punished them, really. I think Eze is good, but he won't stay there if they go down. Saha, it's, it's still, I think he's out of contract in the summer, so... I think he'll be making a decision pretty soon. And if, you, if he's smart, I don't think he'll stay. Yeah, yeah, no, neither do I. I mean, Chris Palace were, of course, without Wilfred Zaha for this game due to a hamstring injury. And uh, yeah, Zaha is their top goal scorer with nine goals this season. Uh, Palace's next highest scorer is Eberichi Eze with just three. So uh, yeah, them being without Zaha obviously was a huge advantage for Leeds United on Monday, wasn't it? Well, yeah, he's. they are pretty much... I don't want to say a one-man team because obviously they've got Eze as well, but he he makes them take completely. They're a completely different side when uh, he's with them to when he's not. It's like they've got like a horrendous record when he's not playing for them. So you can really see the impact when he's not there. I personally think he's good as Zaha, but he's also he's he's got a bit of the you know the Ollie Watkins of him where he's good, but he's also uh, cheap. <laughs> he dives all the time. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that just because he's died because he dives against us. I've seen Zaha dive against all teams in the Premier League. Yeah. He goes down under, under minimal contact, much like Ollie Watkins, much like Grealish, but he does have the, the talent and the uh, he's got them step balls and he can he stands players up well. So so he, he's he's a quality player. So they are they are definitely worse off without him. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I feel as though they really did miss Zaha. I mean, Palace are one-dimensional at the, at the best of times, but without Zaha, they really... You know, I had nothing on Monday night. I mean, their new, their new January signing, uh, Jean-Philippe Mateta started and he didn't really do anything. I was watching Jordan Ayew play up front and he's only scored one goal this season, which ironically came against Leeds United. But he didn't do anything. And, you know, I, I was just looking at it thinking, Palace are really poor and I cannot believe we lost against them 4-1 earlier in the season. I mean, yeah, Monday night was just so easy for Leeds United. Of course, scoring within the first three minutes of the game always helps. And that's what we did in this game. Jack Harrison's scoring his uh, his sixth goal of the season and uh, Leeds United's quickest Premier League goal since uh, Stephen Caldwell uh, scored after two minutes in a 2-1 win at Blackburn in April 2004. Uh, so yeah, scoring early on in games always helps, doesn't it? It's always a big factor because it, it tends to fill the opposition's game plan out the window. Whether Palace had much of a game plan on Monday, I really don't know. But um, you know, scoring early on always does tend to, to throw the opposition off really and it just eases a lot of pressure for the for, for the team who, who go ahead early on doesn't it yeah especially against a team like Palace who you know are gonna sit back and try and hit a team like Leeds on the counter when they're going away from home so to get that early goal to get that bit of uh, breathing room it just makes the whole game a lot easier because they've then got to open up and come and play it try you know try and get a goal play against us and we don't have as much pressure you know to try and create something because we're already we're already winning from very early on and it was a quality goal as well uh, from yeah. Jack Harrison. A little bit, a little bit fortunate with the deflection, but it was still the quality was in the build-up, not really the the final product in that goal. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, winning the ball back, and uh, it was Dallas inside to click, wasn't it? And then click laying it off to uh, uh, to Harrison. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a nice build-up. And uh, yeah, I mean, Jack Harrison just took a shot off there as well. You know, credit to him. And uh, yeah, a bit fortunate with the deflection, but it still counts as his sixth goal of the season. And uh, yeah, it was a perfect start for Leeds United in this game. And it was just comfortable for us, really. Of course, we only went into halftime, won the look, but we could have been way ahead in this game. You know, Patrick Bamford has a, had a good chance with his uh, header early on. Uh, of course, he, uh, Bamford set himself up with a one-on-one situation when he uh, tapped the ball past Cahill, but um, uh, he blasted his shot way over. And Pascal Struick had uh, had many good headers in that first half. That, uh, you know, three headers, five yards out that he made a mess of. Um, so, yeah, only 1-0 at halftime, but we could have been way ahead at the break, Charles, couldn't we? Yeah, we had a lot of chances. They were they were slow. They were really, like, tempo-wise, Palace was slow. And I thought, we, we, we were decent, but we, weren't, we, we didn't have that at our normal, kind of really high tempo going either. I thought the game was, it had the kind of, feel of like a pre-season game about it when you were watching it. <laughs> That's what it kind of felt like to me, especially with the lack of fans in there. But it, it had that kind of feel about it, like the pre-season game feel. And yeah, Palace had really nothing going for, kind of going forward for them. They were just planning on getting the ball to Eze and have him dribble through, you know, eight defenders. Or that was it. Or launch it long. <laughs> and hope that IU would bring it down. That, that, that was their entire attacking game plan there. I think their plan was just to try and stay solid and nick a goal off a corner or a free kick. I think that's clearly the plan, but it didn't work because they were dreadful from set pieces. Yeah, which I was surprised about, really. Um, and we were quite dreadful at set pieces too, as well, really, because Pascal Struick, he had a free header from a set piece that he completely made a mess of. I mean, Pascal Struick, he was good in this game and he, and he grows game by game, but he clearly needs to work in his heading because, uh, yeah, he could have he could have easily scored a hat-trick in this game, really. He said we were dreadful from set pieces. I think, yeah, the I can't defend Strook's finishing because it was just not not good enough. <laughs> but he is, I suppose he was a, he was a centre half at the end of the day. But he'll he'll, he'll learn. But the the deliveries from Rafinha were good, who were con- consistently causing them problems. From we, we just the, the finishing touch wasn't there from set pieces. So I wouldn't say we were dreadful at them. We just didn't need yeah, that no. finishing touch. <laughs> 
you know, it's kind of me exaggerating there. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, Pascal Strick, he, he could have easily scored a few himself, but uh, yeah, he just didn't, which, um, yeah, it, I mean, you know, we won this game too, you know, but we could have won it a lot more comfortably. Uh, of course, we, we did go 2 0 up inside the first seven minutes of the second half. It was nice play by Leeds United, really, here with, uh, you know, good press. Uh, Forsen got down to play the ball early. Uh, and of course, Phillips won the ball back in midfield. The ball fell to click. He played it through to Rafinha. Uh, his, his effort was saved well by Gaeta in, in goal, but uh, Bamford followed it up to score uh, his 12th goal of the season, his 33rd goal overall for Leeds United, uh, which takes him to 50th place in the club's all-time uh, list of goal scorers. And it was also his 100th career goal. And uh, coming against his former club, it was written in the stars, wasn't it, for Bamford scoring this game? Yeah, he really doesn't like Crystal Palace. I kind of get that impression from him. He's he had that loan spell on them, and which clearly didn't go well. But yeah, it was. I'm I'm really pleased to see Bamford just continuing to notch the goals up because it's it's good for us. It's good for the team. It's it's good for his own confidence, and uh, it helps his his admittedly, you know, out there England chances. It helps that as well. So yeah, it was it was just a this was a really good goal. It's just, it was a typical Leeds goal, really pressuring Scott down to, to making the kind of sloppy pass. Great intercept intercept play from Phillips, uh, click with a quality ball through to Rafinha, which kind of Rafinha kind of drifts uh, behind the defenders. I feel like the keeper when he saves Rafinha's shot, she'll put it out for a corner, but doesn't for some reason. He kind of curves his hand around it, which kind of you know, obviously makes it land. But the movement from Bamford is 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 brilliant to anticipate the. Uh, the mistake and the possibility of, of getting the tap in and he was very calm and composed and putting it away. Yeah, yeah, it was a very good finish from Bamford. I think, you know, easy in the end, but I think, you know, when you look at it, you know, it's, it's what we've criticised Bamford over the years for, really, just not being in the right place at the right time, but good striker's instinct just to to keep running, anticipating the rebound and a, yeah, calm and cool and composed finish. He didn't blast over the bar like we've seen him do many times. It was a, yeah, really nice finish from Bamford. Yeah, and of course, you know, after what happened to Bamford at Silhurst Park with that offside goal, uh, you know, wrongly being being ruled out, Bamford's going in this game was just was just winning the stars. Really, it was so good to see. Um, and as I say, he's a hundredth career goal, which is just uh, brilliant, and he's twelfth of the season. He's having a fantastic season, it's Bamford, and uh, hopefully uh, he keeps it up. Um, so yeah, we of course won the game two 0 but uh, yeah, as I say, we could have uh, won the game a lot more convincingly. Jack Harrison hit the bar right at the end of the game and the 14th time we've hit the bar uh, this season. Uh, but no, it was a really comfortable night for Leeds United in the end. And it was a performance really, Charles, that that showed how well Leeds have acclimatised themselves to the Premier League, wasn't it? I think we've just been really good at beating the teams around us this season. That's been our biggest strength is that we've, uh, we've beaten the Burnleys and the Crystal Palace and the, uh, the West Broms, the Fulhams. Sheffield United, so we've beaten all the teams that we want to below us, and I think we've we've kind of created that solid base where, if you get points in these games, you can then go into games like we've got this weekend against Arsenal, knowing that it doesn't really matter if we win or not because there's, there's plenty of games left, and we're definitely, well, almost definitely going to be safe. No, I'm, I'm still I'm still waiting for my forty points, but we're almost definitely going to be safe. So it leaves these games open to be free hits. Yeah, yeah. Was was the performance on Monday night one of the best of the season for you? It wasn't one of the I wouldn't say it was one of the best of the season. I've just, I thought it was one of the most professional, kind of comfortable performances of the season. I wouldn't say quality-wise, I think we've played better this season. I thought that that second half against Everton was 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 quality, and I thought obviously the West Brom one was we you know we smashed them kind of five nil. The uh, the Man City performance, the draw, I thought was, that was probably. I think the Man City performance, the draw was probably our best performance of the season. I thought it was just spectacular to be able to compete with kind of players of that caliber. I think this was. 
this was just a very comfortable professional win that um, could have been easily been more. Could have could have been five nil, and I don't think anybody could have argued with that. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a very good performance from Leeds United and from a lot of a lot of players. I of course put out a man of a match poll on Twitter, as I do after every game. Uh, every game that Leeds United win, at least. Uh, and yeah, four options win the poll. It was uh, Liam Cooper, Rafinha, Matthaus Click, and Patrick Bamford. And Rafinha won the poll by a landslide, 78.7% uh, no, rather. Uh, Liam Cooper, 10.6%. Click with 4.3% of the vote. And uh, Bamford with 6.4% of the vote. So yeah, Rafinha, uh, majority of people's man of the match. Uh, was Rafinha man of the match for you on Monday? I'm going to go with Liam Cooper, to be honest. I thought he had a really, really good, solid... You know, one of his best performances in the league shirt. He really kind of dominated Mateta. I thought he restricted Benteke to that to that one chance all game, which is you know comfortable save for Meslier. I don't, I don't think Meslier was troubled at all throughout the game. I thought the defense was a huge part of that. The thing is, obviously, going to get the headlines because of the uh, wonderful bit of skill and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and just because he's, he's an ex- a really exciting player to watch. But yeah, I thought it was one of I'd have gone with Liam Cooper personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just love watching Rafinha play. I thought he was it was fantastic on Monday. Of course, that bit of skill just to end Cahill's career, really. You know, just uh, just so good on Monday. But uh, no, I agree with you, Liam Cooper. I thought that was probably Liam Cooper's best performance in definitely in a very very long time for Leeds United. Uh, of course, Pascal Schurich as well. You know, grows game by game, uh, and you know when when Juventus and Cock eventually return, you know if Schurich and Cooper keep performing how they are. It's going to take a lot of work for Cock and Juventus to work their way back into the side, won't it? Yeah, but that kind of competition is is what I'm looking forward to. I'd always rather have the competition than have you know everybody out injured. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of sick of us constantly having like loads of injuries. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Cock and Juventus coming back. I think Juventus is probably going to be back a little bit sooner than Robin Cock, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, they'll certainly have a lot of work to do to get back into the side. Yeah, I, I do like competition. I don't like yeah just. Having Juventus and Cock out, and you're thinking, oh bloody hell! Now we have to play Pascal, Shurik, and Liam Cooper together. You know, it's uh, you know they're 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 as good as as, as those guys really. And uh, yeah, it's great to have some good strong competition at centre back for once. Um, a word on Calvin Phillips as well. Of course, he played his 200th game for the club on Monday. Uh, only the 64th player to do so, uh, and it's amazing, isn't it, how he's played 200 games already for the club after making his debut in a uh, in April 27 2015 rather. Uh it's been great to to see his development over the years. Well it has. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been great to see him kind of rack up the perform the uh, appearances. I really hope he continues and you know, he's he's approaching some decent names really. <laughs> you know, from uh, from some of the better teams we have passed. Uh, I I hope he's going to get up to the kind of, you know, Gary Kelly level where he's, he's playing like 500 games for the club <laughs> over the next few years and he's still what is he 25 now he's still got plenty of time to rack up a lot of performances for us in the yeah, yeah. appearances song. and band yeah, performances absolutely. to be fair um, <laughs> yeah I mean appearances and performances pretty much the same thing you know you, even if, you know bad performances are good performances they're still performances at the end of the day so um, yeah yeah it's, it's still, it's still... appearances are appearances <laughs> what I mean but yeah, he's still got yeah. plenty of time there. And it, it's, it's great to see. I, I I like having players come to the academy. That's how football should be. I don't always want to be spending 30, 40 million for the next player. Sometimes it's nice to just have someone break through the ranks and, and be quality. Yeah. It feels even better when uh, when they do break through and they're quality because you know you've paid nothing for them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's just great to see one of your own just 
just play every single game and be one of the most influential players in the team. Um, yeah, Philip Phillips has you know definitely improved uh, over the past few years, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, he keeps on uh, picking up those uh, those appearances for Leeds United. Um, and Ilan Messier as well, keeping his seventh clean sheet of the season. They didn't have much to do, you mind, but it's good to see him keep uh, another clean sheet. Uh, and yeah, just overall a, a good a good night on Monday for Leeds United. Uh, Leeds have still never lost when leading at half-time under Marcel Bielsa, which is remarkable. Um, and the other three points on Monday moved us into the top half of the Premier League table for the first time since October. Um, above our upcoming opponents, Arsenal, uh, but more, more importantly, uh, 17 points clear of the relegation zone. Uh, is it time that we stop looking behind us now, Charles? <laughs> I'm not going to relax until we hit 40 points. I mean, I know you're a little bit more comfortable than me, uh, and you, because generally you're a bit more optimistic. But I'm, I'm, I'm leaving it till forty points, so I'm completely relaxed. But I'm, I'm confident we're, we're, we're going to be completely fine. I do think because we've got, we've got opportunities to put some good, uh, good run of results together. How many more wins do you think, uh, which will uh, secure Legion, Legion United's survival? How many more wins? Two, probably two. Yeah, yeah. I think after two more wins, then uh, yeah, I think we can all just. Just relax a little bit. I mean, I'm already relaxed. I, 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 you know, I think it'll be a, a catastrophic collapse if we end up going down uh, at this point. Um, but yeah, I think I think two wins will just will just uh, have us all a, a little bit more relaxed. And we're only seven points off uh, a, Euro, a Europa League place. The dare to dream, the dare to dream that a, that a, uh, finishing in the Europa League could be a possibility this season. I don't think we've quite got the consistency to be looking at that. You know, to be that ambitious. I think between eighth and twelfth is where. I mean, uh, we're probably going to finish this season, depending on how how the last, you know, I say third, probably third of the season is going to go. Yeah, I think I think so. we we were saying kind of at the start of the season that you know we, we'd take kind of mid table, lower mid table. It looks like we're going to get you know proper mid table around about tenth or or tenth at the moment. I think I think we'll probably stay around that area, but yeah, we, we haven't got the consistency to to, to touch the <laughs> European spots just yet. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think we have a consistency either. But uh, it would be nice finishing the Europa League. Although I, I don't think we really need that next season. You know, when we're you know building building a squad and uh, you know becoming a well-established Premier League side, I don't think a busier schedule is is really what we need uh, at the moment. But uh, you know, we 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 can dream and uh, you know finishing the Europa League, of course, will be nice. But uh, no, I think just a top half finish this season would just be a remark- uh, remarkable achievement from Leeds United, and uh, yeah, it put us up there as one of the best uh, promoted sides in Premier League history, which is a uh, Fantastic and uh, so yeah, fantastic win on Monday over Crystal Palace and uh, yeah, Leeds uh, are in a really good place now heading into the uh, next game, which is of course that trip to the Emirates Stadium to face Arsenal this Sunday. Uh, Charles and I will preview that game later on in the show. The Leeds United in 23s kicked off a new year in style after defeating Burnley 4-1 away from home, thanks to a hat-trick from Crescentio Somerville and a goal from Sam Greenwood. Uh, the following week, they defeated Stoke City 1-0 at four parts, uh, with Diego Llorente scoring the only goal in that game. Uh, in their next game, the under-23s defeated uh, Sunderland 2-0 at four parts. Uh, with goals from Tyler Roberts and Niall Huggins. And after that, they beat Middlesbrough 4-2 away from home to remain 10 points clear at the top of the Premier League 2 table. Uh, So four wins in a row to start the new year for the U23s. And they are on a seven-game winning streak at the moment. Uh, Yeah, just fantastic stuff, Charles, from uh, Mark Jackson's side. Yeah, they've got some quality players in there. And I think it's pretty much inevitable now that they're going to get promoted into the the top tier, the, the PL1. Um, so, yeah, the, some, I thought Somerville was brilliant in this game. I thought Max Day was quality as well. I think th- there is there is a lot of... Oh, Joe Gellart was, was 
once again, you know, kind of magnificent. And it's, it's it doesn't surprise anybody to see that he's featuring on the bench uh, against Palace, and hopefully he will do again because I think Hernandez will be out for a little bit. So I'd love to see him get on the uh, on the pitch for the first team, even if it's a yeah, small cameo. His quality, and I um, I do think he definitely has a lot of talent, particularly Joe, Joe Gavart. And I think it's a shame we got knocked out of the cups when we did because I would have liked to see more of him in the cups. But you know, yeah. as I, as I was with Leeds United, we 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 exit the cups <laughs> pretty early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we certainly do. But um, now you mentioned Crescentio Somerville there. Of course, a hat trick for him to uh, start a new year. Uh, he looks like another quality, you know, promising young player that we have at the club. Yeah, he looks. He's got that kind of Raheem Sterling type style to him, where he's just, he's just really, really good dribbler, really good at going past players, and he's uh, he's, he's just you know great kind of centre of gravity, and he's just really, really decent. He caused caused um, caused Sunderland all sorts of problems down on this body's place in the right wing. I thought he, he really did cause a lot of problems and I'd, I'd be interested to see how he how he develops in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll get on to injuries uh, later on in the show, but Ian Pervader is is out and, you know, we've held a cost in not performing too great when he's coming off the bench in the Premier League. It'll be, it'll be great to see Somerville, won't it, go on the bench and be given some game time in the Premier League. It would be, but uh, I don't know if Bielsa will, will be making that step just yet. But yeah, I would, I would, I would be against seeing that. Yeah, yeah, no, it would be fantastic to see more of these uh, under 23s players get a chance in the first team. But uh, no, brilliant stuff here from the under 23s. As I say, four wins in a row to start 2021. Seven game winning streak to one right now. And uh, hopefully they continue that win streak in their next game, which sees them host Reading at Four Parch uh, on Monday, the uh, 15th of February. Uh, that game kicks off at 1 pm. <laughs> So the January transfer window is now, of course, closed and uh, Leeds United didn't buy anyone. Uh, we didn't bring anyone in to the club. Uh, Charles, are we really that bothered that we didn't sign anyone? No. <laughs> Simple as that. No. Well, well, yeah, no, I'm not I'm not bothered at all. I think we're, we're comfortable as it is. Victor Alter doesn't really like the January transfer market. He thinks it's, a, you know, selling teams tend to take advantage of buying teams and the the general generally quality players aren't aren't available to the summer anyway. You're always it's always got quite a dark market. Uh, so I don't I don't really I don't really see why we should be paying out for 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 players. You know, paying well over the odds for for someone who's you know with the old system won't probably won't make an impact in, in time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's just there's just no real need for it. And our and our you know signs of the January transfer window over the last kind of ten years have not been have not been great. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, mean, they haven't you know, been uh, too great, have David? January transfer signings. More Barrow and Alfonso Pedraza are coming to mind right now. And I'm, 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 I'm not Jimmy Kebby and Cameron Stewart. <laughs> well, yeah, they were even worse. I, I was thinking slightly more recent, but yeah, they were they were even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not been too great over the past few years, and uh, yeah, the January transfer window, as you say, it's uh, it's n- notoriously difficult to do good business, you know, in that month anyway. See, I'm, I'm not too bothered that we didn't sign anyone. I mean, it would have been nice to see, you know, some players come in and just, uh, you know, add to the squad, but we, we didn't need anyone. You know, that's the most important thing. We, it would have been nice to see someone. We may have wanted a player or two, but we didn't need anyone, I don't think. I think the squad that we have now is fine and more than capable of, of keeping Leeds United in the Premier League. Um, I do think, though, that, you know, Games against Crawley and Hull this season showed that we don't really have the strength in depth at the club. And, you know, the games against Spurs and Everton, I think, showed that if, you know, Mad Rosani and the club are, are deadly serious about making us a top six club, then we do need to invest, really. And, uh, yeah, are you uh, anticipating a busy summer ahead? 
I wouldn't say a busy summer. I think it's going to be much like last summer. It's going to be two or three, you know, high quality signings to kind of augment the squad and get a bit more depth in there. Obviously, we're looking at that parade uh, from the French league for the left back, and and uh, it seems like we're kind of still very interested in Rodrigo de Paul. It seems like he's interested as well because he's been hinted by the Udinese kind of uh, director of football that he Rodrigo de Paul's probably going to leave the uh, Udinese in, in the summer. So I think it would be a good opportunity to uh, get a slightly more reasonable prize for him, given obviously there's one year less on his contract, which makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think that it will be an exciting summer for Leeds United ahead. I think, you know, with the links still strong with DePaul and as you say, you know, left back in, in France who, who, who looks a, a decent, promising player. I think, uh, yeah, I think it, an exciting summer is ahead. Um, yeah, we didn't need anyone in January, but I think, you know, we will need to invest in the summer if we're serious about, you know, pushing into the top eight, top six of the, of the Premier League. But, um, you know, we're, we're fine for now and I, I am confident that we will stay up. Uh, so yeah, we didn't see anyone come into Leeds, but we did see plenty of players leave Ellen Road in, in the January transfer window. So uh, 20-year-old Jordan Stevens has joined League Two side Bradford City on loan until the end of the season. 19-year-old striker Ryan Emerton has joined League One side Northampton Town on loan until the end of the campaign. Robbie Gotts has joined League Two side Salford City on loan until the end of the season after he was recalled from his loan spell at Lincoln City. 24-year-old defender Connor Shaughnessy has joined League One side Rochdale on an 18-month contract. Forward Rafa Mujica has joined Spanish side Las Palmas on loan until the end of the season. The move comes after the 22-year-old loan spell at Real Oviedo was terminated. And finally, forward J.Y. Grott has joined German side Obsnabruck, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, in a permanent transfer. Uh, yeah, so the 22-year-old leaves Ellen Road having made a total of just 23 appearances for Leeds in all competitions, scoring just one goal. So, uh, yeah, it's good to, to finally see him go. And, uh, yeah, Charles, it's good to see the club, you know, sending these youngsters out on loan, you know, in the hope of getting some regular first-team football, isn't it? Yeah, I think players do develop a lot more when they are going out and playing, you know, men's football for, for, for results that really do matter to the clubs that they're, they're playing for. I think the uh, the problem with the 23s football is you can you can you can kind of simulate first team football but they the kind of pressure to win the uh, isn't really there as much and the and the de- determination to uh, you know to get the three points is, isn't quite as there as much so I think it does it does develop players and it seems like you know Gotts in particular is having a fantastic season. I think he scored four goals, three or four goals uh, already. I think he's playing in a bit more of an attacking role for for Salford, which is a shame because I don't like Salford at all. But you know, <laughs> I think they're I think they're a Sky sponsored BTEC scum to be honest with you. But really, <laughs> <laughs> really not a fan of them. And and the uh, and he scored against Harrogate as well, which I didn't like at all because I kind of view Harrogate and Geisley and you know Taddy as kind of like mini versions of Leeds. Not not really a fan of that situation, but he's developing <laughs> so. That's yeah, yeah, it's, it's not great seeing him do well for Salford City, but you know, it's just great to see him doing well, uh, really. And uh, yeah, it's, it's important for these youngsters to get, you know, try and get regular first team experience and re- regular first team football. Because you know, I think we've seen, you know, this season in the cup games against Hull and Crawley that just throwing them straight into, you know, the first team in a, you know, a competition like the FA Cup, you know, against strong opposition, it doesn't really work, does it? You, you do kind of need to get them used to first team football slowly and, and then bed them or. You know, go out alone and get regular first team football. Really, it's it's not it's no use just throwing them straight into the first team for Leeds United. It doesn't really work, does it? No, I think the it kind of, it just unbalances the whole team, and I don't think the team plays as well. You're putting players who aren't used to playing, you know, first team football in with you know professionals. You know, they've been playing loads of games. They don't, they don't quite gel as well. And um, I thought the 
the Crawley game was a perfect example of that. We chuck it, chucking players in, and uh, I thought that you know Ollie Casey and Jack Jenkins quite sh- struggled to deal with the tempo of that game. They they, they do need first team minutes in uh, in in teams in the lower divisions to kind of get up to speed first before they're playing cup games like like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, good luck to all those and twenty three players out on loan this season. Hopefully, uh, we have a, a lot of promising players coming back to uh, to the club in in the summer. Uh, and Jay got as well. Finally, his time at the club has uh, has ended, which is a uh, which is quite nice to see. It's good to see that kind of end of an era kind of thing. I just I want I want us in boy to leave. I really do. Like he must have robbed absolutely. He must have robbed thousands and thousands from us stealing a wage but yeah. you know once the last of those kind of you know dreadful 2017 signings have finally gone i think that we can move we can kind of detach ourselves from that era <laughs> yeah absolutely we, we can finally we can just finally move on um so yeah not a busy transfer window for Leeds united uh, at all uh however uh, there has been movement in ownership that big club so uh the uh, 49ers Enterprises, who own the San Francisco 49ers, uh, have increased their stake in the club from 10% to 37%. Uh, Parag Marafa, you you probably heard uh, the name of quite a lot uh, in uh, recent recent weeks, uh, supported by 49ers Enterprises Vice President Colin uh, Midor uh, and other key 49ers personnel, uh, will be more involved uh, in the decision-making process and day-to-day operations of Leeds United moving forward, uh, both in football and business operations, as he has done for the 49ers for the last 20 years, uh, and he maintains his place uh, on the Leeds United Board of Directors. Um, in an interview recently on the uh, On Scene and uh, Chapman podcast, Parag Marat sounded uh, very passionate about Leeds United, I think it's fair to say. And uh, yeah, it, it mainly chatted about, you know, it, it mainly wants to focus on the infrastructure and development of Ellen Road and uh, improving the fan experience, which uh, can only be a positive thing, right? You hope so. I just, I want them to kind of, you know, get a bit more commercial revenue out of the club without, you know, removing its soul. Because I think that has happened to a lot of Premier League clubs in the, in the past. They've kind of you know, developed the kind of hospitality, but, you know, kind of, lost the the heart of the club and I think I don't, I don't want us to be in danger of doing that but you know Rajani's not really led us too wrong in the past he's been a, he's been a decent custodian of the club bar in a couple of errors like Badgegate but you know he's been, he's been a good he's been a good owner all in all so I think we got a I think he, he's a kind of our trust on this one and I, I think that a bit more commercial revenue and investment from the 49ers can't be a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it certainly can't be a bad thing. Now, of course, there is always that scare, as you mentioned there, that we that we become too like you know the teams like Tottenham, Hotspur, and Manchester City, who have got you know quite quite a lot of investment and have just become you know just a soulless you know soulless corporate club really. But I don't think Ravazani, you know, he, he hasn't done bad at all over the over the past few years. You know, of course, that with that badge thing, which uh, he made a mess of. But apart from that, you know, he, he he's he's done well at the club, and I don't think he would allow that to happen. And um. Yeah, it does sound like Parag Marath and you know the rest of the guys who have who have uh, invested in the club do kind of understand the history of of Leeds United and, and what the club wants. And um, yeah, I, I do think it is you know it is promising. Of course, we need to wait and see what happens. But um, no, it's, it's always good to have people invest in your club. You know, no matter what, so it's always it's always nice to see. Uh, you've also had a YouTube co-founder uh, Chad Hurley go slightly under the radar. Uh, he's also uh, invested in the club as well. And uh, if you don't know who Chad Hurley is, uh, he is a min- minority stake ho- stake owner in the Golden State Warriors NBA team um, and the LAFC uh, in the uh, MLS. Um, and his net worth is around three hundred fifty-five million dollars. Uh, he earns about four point five million dollars per year. Uh, I mean, Charles, it's crazy how people 
like Chad Hurley, you know, co-founder of YouTube and, you know, the 49ers, you know, it's it's crazy to to think, you know, why a club like Leeds United, who haven't been in the Premier League for 16 years, you know, appeals to these kind of people. It's it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, it's 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 strange seeing it is really like baffling to see the uh these Americans, you know, con- continuing to try and invest in us. Uh, when you think a few years ago, we've had, you know, GFH and Chilino's owners and investors once touched the club with a barge pole. So it's, it's quite a, an odd change of pace, really. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. And uh, But no, ho- hopefully it is all for the better, of course, to be that scared that, you know, that we become a soulless club and, you know, they, they do too much development on Ellen Road and uh, yeah, we don't really have owners who, who care much about football. You look at Arsenal, you know, their owner, Stan Cronkid, doesn't really view Arsenal as like, you know, he cares a lot more about the LA Rams NFL team than he does Arsenal, really, and he just sees them as kind of a, you know, a cash cow, really, for his own plans for the LA Rams. But, uh, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen with Leeds. Um, and, yeah, ho- hopefully uh, all this is for, is for the better and uh, hopefully uh, an exciting uh, future for Leeds United. Uh, is ahead with all this uh, new investment. And I'll say Parag Mamath of the 49ers uh, saying that he's uh, focusing more on, develop- on the development of Ellen Road. Uh, and speaking of development at Ellen Road, a few weeks ago we saw the installment of a new uh, hybrid pitch at uh, at the stadium, uh, which the club have bought off of Tottenham Hotspur for a fee of a of uh, over £300,000. Uh, it's only temporary though, uh, as a brand new state-of-the-art uh, drainage system and new pitch will be installed uh, starting in May. Uh, but even though this is a temporary pitch, Charles, it, it was needed, wasn't it? Yeah, it was needed. The old pitch was kind of causing a lot of serious issues. I thought players were slipping constantly and uh, it got to the point where, where I think the Brighton game in particular we just couldn't play any of our, of our usual kind of quick fast-paced football. I think it was just causing a lot of issues. With the new pitch, it's only time to settle the weather in Leeds and in Yorkshire in general has been appalling for all that. Seems like six weeks now since since the new year. It doesn't seem like it's got any warmer than about three degrees. Uh, so it, it's been it's been horrible. So I I understand the pitch needing a little bit of time to settle. So I, th- I think it'll be a, a decent enough temporary measure. But the yeah the pitch does need fi- fixing in general. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly does. But uh, you know, you mentioned there, uh, you know, the Brighton game. You look back at the Burnley game as well. You know, you, you could just see how awful that last pitch was. You know, we weren't able to play our style of football well. Um, you know, it was just, yeah, it, it was, you know, players, you know, were, were at risk of injury on that pitch, really. And it definitely did need need changing. Um, we played two games on this new pitch that we've got from Spurs. Now, how do you think it's played so far? It's played okay. I think there's, there's still a couple, a couple of issues that Bamford fell over a little bit. Click pretty much injured himself out of nowhere because <laughs> his, his feet just slipped in both directions. Uh, I think Luke Ailey, when he went when he was running to go collect the ball from the corner flag as well, slipped a little bit and hurt his back. You could see him holding his back. It is still a bit of a. It still needs a little bit of time to settle, but I think in general, we the, the football we we're, we're able to play is a little bit better. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think we can. You know, we, we've got back to playing our just regular style of football. We we can play good football now on the pitch again. You know, I, I do think it is dangerous because the players do seem to be slipping and sliding all over the place. You mentioned click there; that looked very painful. Did that, and you know, it's like we're, we're playing on the ice rink next door on occasion. You know, we play slipping and sliding on level of place. It was, uh, yeah, it, it, it's better than the old one, and I think it'll do for now. But um, no, it just, it, it overall, everything just needs fixing. As I say, you know, there's plans to have a new drainage system. I think it's a 20 odd year old drainage system, and you know, you, you know, you can't blame the the uh, the ground staff because you know they're doing the best. They've they've got a new pitch out of you know just randomly out of nowhere, and they have to put it on a really old drainage system and. Uh, 
yeah, the pitch is getting battered with snow and and rain every few days here in 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 Leeds and uh yeah near Ellis Eleven. So um uh so yeah, they're, they're doing the best really, and I think the pitch, you know, it, we're able to play our game, but players are slipping a lot more. But um, but I, I do think it is it is fine just for a temporary pitch. I think it will do until the end of the season. Uh, how long do you think it'll be before the players finally get used to to the pitch and stop slipping and sliding? <laughs> Probably by the end of the season. <laughs> by the time we're ripping it up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but no, it, it, it'll do, and you know, it, it looks it looks a lot better than the old pitch, uh, at least. Um, and speaking of Ellen Road, uh, the stadium is now in FIFA 21, which is uh, nice to see. Just wanted to to mention that in case anyone uh, didn't see, uh, and also to uh, to plug a new uh, League United FIFA 21 career mode series that I'll be doing on the uh, YouTube and Facebook, all things League's pages. So uh, make sure to, to follow for that. Um, yeah, I'll be doing a FIFA 21 career mode soon as that Ellen Road is in the game now. Uh, but anyway, moving on, a few of the Leeds United's February fixtures have been changed due to a TV broadcast. Uh, so the uh, game away at Wolverhampton Wanderers will now kick off at 8pm live on BT Sport on Friday the 19th of February. Uh, and the game against Aston Villa uh, will now kick off at 5.30pm live on Sky Sports on Saturday the 27th of February. Uh, and uh, Leeds United's rearranged Premier League fixture with Southampton will take place on Tuesday the 23rd of February at Ellen Road. Uh, the uh, game kicks off at 6pm and the game will be broadcast live on Sky Sports. So plenty of games to on TV to uh, look forward to. Uh, but some Leeds United players will miss those fixtures, unfortunately, as the Leeds United's injury list just keeps on getting bigger and bigger. Uh, we have eight players who are currently out. Uh, those are Adam Forshaw, uh, Ian Pervader, who will be out for a few weeks due to an ankle injury picked up in the 23s game recently. Uh, Rodrigo will miss the next few weeks due to a groin injury. Diego Inrente, uh and Robin Cocker obviously still out. Uh, Pablo Hernandez is out again, and uh, Calvin Phillips is a doubt for Sunday's game uh, at Arsenal, while Bavardi is, of course, still out. But uh, it's not all bad news. Bavardi has returned to full training this week, which is a uh, which is a uh, good to see. Hopefully, uh, do you think Bavardi could make a make an impact to the uh, final few stages of the season? I hope he gets a, a few minutes, you know, to be a Premier League player. I think he's earned it. He's, he's put the years in. He's been, what's he been here since 2014, 2015? Yeah. It's, been a lot, it's been a long time. So and he's, he's seen a lot of dreadful Leeds United teams. I think he's earned this. I think he's earned, you know, the chance to be in a, in a Premier League team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just for, just for sentimental reasons, just want to see Bavardi play again. And, uh, but no, in all seriousness, it's good to see Bavardi back in a full training. It's good to just see, you know, how, how the club have treated him, you know, because he was out of contract last summer. He was injured, going to miss this season. And um, yeah, they could have easily just said, no, we're not going to renew your contract. We're not going to pay you because you're injured. You're not going to be any of any use to us. But, you know, Bavardi's worked hard over, over the last over the years since joining in 2014. And uh, yeah, just to repay him, see him through his injury. So good, good from the club. And uh, yeah, it's good to see Bavardi back in full training and uh, see seeing that he's recovered from his, uh, from his knee injury. Um, now, I think the biggest miss out of all those players who are definitely out is a, uh, is Rodrigo really? Of course, he'll, he'll miss the next few weeks. Uh, have we missed him in the last few games, Rodrigo? Do you think? Um, I wouldn't say so. I think we've got we've got three wins in the last four. I think we're playing quite well. Um, I think the thing we we do miss is kind of magic at times. I thought against Everton, we he would have been a good player to have on the pitch. I thought that was the kind of game that would have suited him. But I wouldn't say we've missed him terribly. But I, w- I would like to see him again because I think he's he's definitely got some talent. Yeah, yeah, we certainly haven't haven't missed him loads, but. I, I do think I do think that we do kind of miss that creativity going forward and 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 his quality and you know him linking up well with Rafinha and Bamford and, and Harrison you know I, I enjoy watching that but um 
you know, I think Click has has been fine since, since uh, Rodrigo's been out. I mean, Click has he hasn't performed great over the past few months, but he, he's now he's slowly getting back to near his best. I mean, his performance against Crystal Palace was one of the best we've seen in a while from Click, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I thought it was it was really good. It was, it was kind of instrumental in both goals, really. He he was at the heart of, uh, of both goals. I thought, yeah, he, he was getting close to back to some of his better performances, and which is good because you know it, it means that the the loss of Rodrigo isn't felt as keenly, and we uh, we're, we're not you know dreading having him in the team. Yeah, uh, of course, Calvin Phillips, as I say, is a doubt for Sunday's game at Arsenal. Uh, if he does end up missing the game, who goes in his place for you? Do, do you move Pascal Struick into CDM where he's you know played quite well, or do you move Click back? Or what would he do? I wouldn't move the defence around at all. I think we need a bit of stability there. I would either put Click in the. Uh, actually, I think I'd, I'd either put Click or Stuart Downs. I think in the in defensive midfield. I think that's how I would do it. Go go slightly more attacking because I think Arsenal are just going to try and hit us on the counter anyway. I don't think they're going to try and dominate the game. Yeah. Yeah, I'd certainly do that as well. You know, you look back at the Aston Villa game where we won 3-0 away. Click played in CDM after Stroke was subbed off. So, um, yeah, we, we certainly didn't do bad with Click in that position. I, th- I think he can certainly play in that position. Yeah, I, I don't want the, the defence to be mixed up again, you know, because it's been mixed up so many times this season. I think, you know, clean sheet in, in the last game, I think, uh, yeah, just keep the, def- the defence as it is, really. Don't move Pascal Stroke and just put Click back there and then move Jamie Shackleton. Into midfield, I think that'd be nice to see Jimmy Jimmy Shackleton, of course, making his 60th appearance for Leeds uh, against Crystal Palace. Uh, would that be your option if Click was to move back, uh, move Shackleton into midfield, or would you want to see Pablo Hernandez perhaps if he's back? Uh, I don't think Hernandez will be back. I'd, I'd yeah, I'd, I'd bring Jamie Shack in. I think uh, I'd like to see him get a start. <laughs> Well, let's now look ahead to Leeds United's next game, which sees them take on Arsenal away at the Emirates Stadium on Sunday. The game kicks off at 4.30pm and is live on Sky Sports. Uh, Charles, are you uh, looking forward to this game? Yeah, I am, I am really, because this is probably one of the worst, form-wise anyway, it's one of the worst Arsenal teams of my lifetime. Um, <laughs> well, I, th- I, don't, I don't think anyone can argue with that. I think they've yeah. been pretty pretty woeful. The below is in the table. Yeah, they, they just, they're just lacking a bit of cohesion that they're kind of if you're not listening to square ball podcast dan moylan describes them as being a team that's less than the sum of their parts whereas the leads he says that leads are a team that's more than some of the parts and i completely agree with that really i think arsenal have a lot more talent in their team than we do but they don't play as a team so they don't yeah. win football games yeah i mean they're uh, a really think... weird side out there arsenal because they've got you know nicholas pepe who i think cost around 60 million for them bamiang the lacazette you know they've got some good players in that team, but they just don't really gel together, do they? No, they're missing um, Thomas Party in midfield at this time from Atletico Madrid. Uh, they're missing Kieran Tierney as well at left back, so they're having to play uh, Cedric, who I think is a right back at left back. Uh, so it could be a great opportunity for Rafinha to kind of you know get in behind their back line and uh, cause a few problems because it, it, it is disrupted a bit. You know they might bring David Luiz back in, and he's never too far from doing something stupid. There's definitely opportunities to punish him and to get something from the game. And I think if Alioski can just do his routine on Pepe again, I think Pepe will get easily wound up. Obviously, there's been a bit of, been a bit of jibe pre-match. Alioski's managed Bamford. to uh, piss off the entire Arsenal fan base <laughs> with, with, with his comments. And it was Bamford who delivered Alioski's comments. Bamford saying that, um, you know, Ali, Alioski turned to him and said, I'm looking forward to the game. Bamford asked why. And Alioski said, well, I'm playing against my friend, Nicholas Pepe, who, of course, Nicholas Pepe <laughs> got sent off at Ellen Road for, for head-putting Alioski. So, um, yeah, Alioski's managed to wind up the entire Arsenal fan base. 
Yeah, without actually saying anything too bad. I mean, he's not he's not basically said that Arsenal are bad or that Pepe's yeah. a bad player. He's just winding him up, which is kind of what Alioski does. And it's worked on the Arsenal fans. I hope it works on the Arsenal team as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're there to be beaten for me. If there's any time to break this horrendous form in London, it's it's this one. I think. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, we've not we've not won since uh, QPR that three nil, sorry three one win uh, with the Cameroon hat trick in 2017. So I think this is a great opportunity to uh, to actually get three points in London because I, I think they've lost their last two games against Aston Villa and Wolves of Arsenal. Um, admittedly, they've been a little bit unfortunate in uh, particularly the Wolves game because I think they were kind of done over by the referee in that one, but they've still not been playing great, and I think they're there to be beaten. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely are. And um, yeah, it, just go back to the Alioski thing, winding up Arsenal fans. They're, they're a weird bunch of Arsenal fans, aren't they? Because they're saying, oh, they're championship side, you know, they're, they're, they're wider bothered about us. But it's like, you know, we're, we're, above, we're above Arsenal in the league. We have above Arsenal, one place and one point above Arsenal in the league. So it's not like we're just a, a championship side, just, just here on merit. You know, we, we are better than them this season. And I think we showed that, you know, that 0-0 draw earlier on in the season, we could have easily won that game. So, um. No, we're not a bad side, and Arsenal, they're just average this season. They really are average. I think they're going to miss Kieran Tierney at left-back, who puts in a lot of decent crosses for them, and Thomas Partey in midfield. Two, two big misses for them. I just say David Luiz is returning for them, and after serving a one-match ban, and you know he's he, he's always got something in him. He, he can always just just do something silly in a game and get himself sent off. So, um, yeah, if he, if he starts, then uh, he'll be one to watch. And I know in, in Goldo, he's come back after a, a one-match suspension. So, um, so they've got a good goalkeeper in net, but um, no, they're still, I mean, yeah, the worst Arsenal side I've seen in my lifetime, 100%. They're, they're, they're just average this season, not having, not having a great season. As I say, 11th in the league, just one place and one point below us, um, who are a newly promoted side. Uh, as you mentioned, there they've lost the last two games against Wolves and and, and uh, Aston Villa away. Uh, they haven't won in the last three games, so uh, yeah, they are vulnerable, aren't they? And and there's something in this game for Leeds United. There's definitely something in this game. Yeah, I think we there is an opportunity to get some points. I really do think that whether or not we can turn up and take them, and I think Calvin Phillips being there or not being there will have an impact. I think if he is playing, I think I'm. I'm I am confident that we can go there and get get three points. If he's not, then it'll be slightly more difficult. But purely because of the, I think the disruption it will cause in our in our you know backline around the team, but because we don't really have a like for like replacement for him, I, I'm 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 fancying our chances. I think we'll we'll get something. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll get something as well. There's definitely something in this game for Leeds. You know, as I say, you know, we drew nil nil at Ellen Road uh, against them in November, and we could have easily won that game. You know, we 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 definitely can match them. Of course, the last time we we played at the Emirates was only last season in the FA Cup third round. We were really good in that game, played really well, but of course lost one nil. Uh, Charles, we, me and you were at that game last season, and is that game any indication of how this game could go? Well, I hope not, because we lost. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think we we are we're a better team than we were in that game. I think we were playing quite a lot of youth players in that in that in that game, and see if I think Barry Douglas is playing as well. I think we've got a, we've got a little bit more quality, and I think there Arsenal just aren't quite at it. I think this is probably as as even as it's going to get. Um, you know, it's like our kind of best shot to to pick up another three points off a team that you know one of the traditional top six, I should say. They're not like the actual top six at the moment, obviously, because they're dreadful this season, but they're, they're part of the traditional top six. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really good opportunity for Leeds United to to get one over on uh, on one of the uh, you know so called big teams really. And uh, yeah, there's definitely something in this game for Leeds. Uh, what, what's your score prediction, Charles, for for Sunday? I'm going to go for a two-one Leeds win. I'm going to go three-one. I'm going to go three-one. I reckon we'll. Uh, I, I reckon there's there's definitely something in this game for Leeds United and. Um, and yeah, hopefully uh, Leeds United can get the three points and uh, pick up their first win in London since December 2017. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 85 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Uh, thank you very much, as always, to Charles for joining me. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Yeah, no worries. Appreciate you uh, joining me as always, mate. And uh, thank you as well to everyone uh, who has watched or listened. We uh, really do appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoyed, make sure to uh, to follow or subscribe on, what, on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then give us a five-star rating. That'll be uh, fantastic. Uh, make sure to share the podcast as well and follow All Things Leads on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for All Things Leads 1 on Twitter and Instagram, search for All Things Leads on Facebook and subscribe to your YouTube channel as well if you have not already. We've got some exciting content coming up. There's going to be plenty of live streams to, uh, covering the Arsenal game. There'll be pre-match chats and a post-match uh, reaction uh, on Sunday after the game. Uh, of course, me, Charles and I will be back next week with another podcast. And uh, oh, there's also going to be a quiz live on Wednesday night on YouTube and Facebook to look forward to uh, starting at 9pm. So make sure to, uh, to follow uh, the All Things Leeds YouTube and Facebook pages if you haven't already. And uh, stay tuned for that. That should be a load of fun. 9pm on Wednesday uh, for that one. Uh, but yeah, as I say, Charles and I will be back next week with another podcast. So uh, until then, take care, stay healthy, stay safe. And uh, we'll see you later. Bye bye.